Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. What's up, everybody? March 29th edition of the Fightful MMA Podcast. Yours truly, Joe Ferraro. Make sure you follow me online at Showdown Joe. Uh, follow Fightful MMA at Fightful MMA and FightfulMMA.com for all your mixed martial arts news. It is Wednesday evening, 9 p.m. Always joined by Sean Pearson. Make sure you follow the former UFC welterweight veteran at Sean Pearson. And Sean, I got to admit something uh, yesterday on your Instagram and on your social media, uh, there's a picture of you at the Leaf game uh, with the misses. Um, I'm not going to lie. Yes. You used the word hashtag smoke show, and that was referring to your wife. Uh, I agree, but man, that jersey you were wearing, that was sick. I want that jersey. Where can I get one of those? You know, China's the best place to get those. You know, they're half price. No, just <laughs> you get them anywhere, man. Like uh, Wendell Clark, he's my boy. He was my, uh, you know, my idol, my hockey legend growing up. So love Wendell Clark. Um, me and the wife were both smoke shows. We're good looking people. Um, Beauty and the Beast, you know, but I wouldn't call her a beast too often. But Hashtag modesty. Uh, yes, for those that don't know, uh, you obviously can't see it, but uh, I'm pointing over to my, uh, my, over my right shoulder ahead of me. The only picture I have on my wall of any sport that's not mixed martial arts related would be the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it is Wendell Clark, uh, a gift given to me by my friends on my 40th. Uh, he's the only Maple Leaf that will ever go up on that wall, unless, of course... This team, some way, somehow, finds a way to win a cup in the next three to five years. Maybe Austin Matthews will go up there. But uh, you got to be happy with how the Leafs are playing, no? Oh, for sure. And I just figured that's a long time. You've had that picture up there for about 10 years now, then? <laughs> I don't think so. Why don't we just say it's three years? Uh, but, yeah, yeah, three years. Uh, but yes, Wendell, for those who don't know, don't know, go online, YouTube, and just type in Wendell Clark, Toronto Maple Leafs, if you like, uh, and watch some of his fights. There was a fight he had with somebody one time that was flat-out MMA-related. He is someone against the Minnesota North Stars where he punched him out, I think, in three punches, and there, there was a brawl on the ice. He literally mounted him, and he just kept going, kept going, kept going, and I thought, that's the greatest thing I ever seen in my life. He was definitely my hero growing up. Blue-collar, uh, I think he was a right-winger or defenseman turned left-winger, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Sean? Um, left-winger. I, I don't remember if he was a defenseman to start, but just an all-around player. He probably would have even had more goals, but unfortunately, you know, in that era, there's a lot of fighting, and 
even as a captain and a skilled player, he uh, played his role and came out and did the job, which became a fan favorite. But as far as stats are concerned, I think it brought down his stats because his hands got a little weak after a lot of broken hands. He had a lot more goals left in him. Uh, and, of course, back injuries. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the live chat is open. If you do want to chime in there, ask Sean and I some questions, make some comments, uh, by all means, it should be on your screen if you're on the YouTube channel. Uh, it should be on the right-hand side of your screen. We already have one from Bob the Martian. He says, hockey sucks. Talk about MMA. Fuck off. Leave our chat. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave our chat, Bob. That's uh, But I understand it is, a, it is an MMA podcast, but uh, Sean and I are huge Toronto Maple Leafs fans. We have suffered our whole lives and never seen them uh, get very far other than the semifinals uh, in 93. So uh, the fact that we've got some 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 like some hope uh we chat about it every so often but not by much uh vinny fernando said dude they literally just started shut up oh he said that to bob the martian uh that that live chat could get ugly i should have uh probably read that before i said anything um, oh, i see the live chat i don't see a live chat here how do i see it if you go to the youtube channel sean make sure you mute the link that I posted on, on uh, my social media at showdown Joe, you can click that, but make sure you mute it or you're going to get a, a delay because uh, we're about seven seconds ahead or, or four to five seconds, excuse me, ahead of what actually is seen there. So um, let's see here. Sean bio types. What do you think of Kevin Lee versus Michael Chiesa possibly headlining over guys like BJ Penn versus Dennis Seaver and Johnny Hendricks versus Tim Boach. I would disagree if they did make Kevin Lee versus Michael Chiesa the headliner because neither of those two guys have the name value or the stock value that a BJ Penn would have against Dennis Seaver or Johnny Hendricks versus Tim Boach. They would need a better main event, uh, in, in, in my opinion. Kevin Lee versus Michael Chiesa is a damn good fight. Belongs on the main card because uh, Kevin Lee did show some resolve in his last fight considering uh, he had a very difficult first round that comes back and wins it uh, in the second round. Uh, Joe's, should probably last. Joe's way too talkative right now. Okay, the point is, it's the only, I agree with you, the only three fights here, it's the only fight with any relevancy in the division. So I don't know if that's a, a main event fight, but I don't consider the other two fights main event either. Again, BJ Penn is my one of my all-time favorite fighters, but putting him as a main event right now is just going a whole along the whole Legends line. So I don't think he should be a main event. Johnny Hendricks, I don't think that's a main event fight right now. Um, you know, the Kevin Lee one, if it's a fight night, I think that's a main event. It's not a, a main event pay-per-view. So, well, But that is a fight night, though. That's the thing. It is a fight night, and that's so why people... As a fight are... night, I could see him being at that main event because they have to push him. They, they're trying to build him. Fight nights are to build people. Fight nights aren't to sell. That's the way I look at those. So if you're doing a fight night, you're trying to build some guys up, so putting him as a headliner makes some sense. And BJ Penn and the rest of the guys, again, they've got tons of name value, but they're not. there's no relevancy in those fights. They're just legends, you know, legends fights. You know, let's see what we can do here with these guys. See, I'd make the argument that because it's in Oklahoma and that's where Johnny Hendricks is from, I would have no problem if he was in the main event. Well, I'm not, Johnny Hendricks is a little bit of relevancy there because he still can make a push at 185. But again, I don't think either of those two guys are going to sell the fight as far as viewership. He might sell the fight as far as his hometown. But as far as viewerships are concerned, he's not making me want to tune into that Fox card other than the fact that I'm going to be watching a UFC event. You know Vinny, I mean? uh, yeah, Vinny Fernando does make a good point, though. Uh, fight nights sometimes aren't to sell, LOL, because tell that to the Kansas City card, which is not a strong card. I get what you're saying, Vinny, but in terms of 
If you're looking at it from a promotion standpoint, that's what Sean was trying to say. If you're looking at it from a promotional standpoint, UFC Fight Night, in my opinion, you should always have, if possible, uh, number one versus number two, or at least a top guy headlining those fight nights, unless it's a Fox card. A Fox card, I could understand if you put uh, Demetrius Money Mouse Johnson uh, headlining a Fox card or a true number one contender fight uh, on a Fox card. But I, I get these fight nights being there to promote people. And the reason why I say that, uh, this goes back to when the UFC basically started everything. And I, I, I used to always talk about uh, the WWE model, where Monday Night Raw at the time was basically designed to sell the pay-per-view. And then you watch a WWE pay-per-view, it's already talking about what to watch on Monday. So it's like it's almost like this circular sort of promotion. So I do get what the UFC tries to do a lot with these fight nights, as Pearson just said. They're there to promote guys to eventually get to pay-per-view. No, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Those are the, the free cards that you've got to get your guys that you think have a potential future in the division. You've got to build their names up, and you need to give them airtime. So that's where you're going to place them. Uh, Michael Bisping has issued an ultimatum to George St. Pierre. telling him <laughs> Michael Bisping doesn't run the show here. Who's kidding who here? GSP will do whatever he wants. They will make Michael Bisping do whatever GSP wants. Or he's going to fight Romero. What's that? Michael Bisping doesn't want that fight. He's not going to get paid as much, and he might end up with a concussion. So who cares what Bisping says? No one gives a fuck. Well, according to Michael, he's the champion. He calls the shots. Yeah, he's the champion. He calls no shots. And I guarantee if I go along all the broadcasts, people are going to agree with me on this one. Like, what is he calling? He, he can build a fight if he just goes and talks shit. But he's not calling the shots. You know, George is calling the shots in this fight. He's already the favorite. He, yeah, he is a favorite for sure. Now, the question is this. I'm a firm believer some way, somehow, George can go through that four-month USADA period and then still get a training camp in there because I think this actually goes behind the scenes uh, back until December or at least January. I know the pro- I know the press conference and everything uh, came out in, um, in March, the pre-fight press conference, but I think this was going back a little bit further. I think George can be more than ready for July. There is talk that uh, I think it was Bisping that actually said it on a podcast that he said that George uh, or Dana were saying something to the effect of September – and that would put Michael Bisping out for a year in total, and he's saying he's in his prime, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, I don't see that fight taking place in September. I do see it happen. I do see it happening uh, in July at International Fight Week. Yuel Romero's pissed. He's saying Michael Bisping has basically uh, no huevos. If you don't know what huevos are, he's basically saying he's got no balls to fight him. And then you've got Tyron Woodley saying GSP doesn't want to fight Bisping and that he'll fight uh, Michael Bisping. He'll put his foot in his ass, save the date. Bisping's got some competition here. I think, to be honest with you, I think all all three guys beat Bisping, um, potentially. But I also think the best thing for George is that they take someone else takes this fight and he goes against Connor. I've said from the start, I'm, you know, again, I like the fight, but I don't love the fight. I think Connor and George is where the fight has to be, and I know everybody wants to talk Mayweather, but I think for MMA and that's the fight to be because I still say if they box Mayweather beat some 99 out of 100 or 101 out of 100 times. Guys, I see your call, your 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 stuff on the chat, so I'll get to it in one second. Uh, Sean, I get what you're saying about George, George potentially taking on Connor. I still think I've got this thing in my head where George not only – okay, there's a dichotomy here. George fighting Bisping at 185 would, would put George uh, in a select few to become a title holder in two separate divisions. Only three other guys have done that. We know that. It's it's Randy Couture, and BJ Penn, and Conor McGregor. I also think that he would like to some way, somehow, according to Faraz, before this whole Bisping thing came about, that he could make 155 
And then I could see him fighting Conor McGregor with the opportunity to become the first ever champion to hold three different belts in three different, not at the same time, but in three different divisions. But here's the thing. So if he goes up to 185, what do you think the, the likelihood and what's the time frame to him to get down to 155? I bet you if he goes up to 185, Connor says, fuck it, I'm going up to 185 to fight George, or let's meet at 170. And it could be because even if they meet at 170, Connor can say, well, listen, I'm the 170-pound champ because you'll say George left as the champion. I'm the 185-pound champ because George is the 185-pound champ. So Connor can technically say, I own the 85, the 70, the 55, and the 45-pound belts. So I see where you're going with this, but I still say if he fights Mayweather, he doesn't come back and fight anybody. So you know, that's my thought process. Uh, I want to go real quick. Vig uh, posted, Dennis Seaver will definitely beat BJ Penn. I don't know about definitely. I say because no chance. I'm... No chance. The guy is 50 years old, doesn't move that well anymore. He got Ooh, Dennis or PJ? He got, uh, Dennis. He got iced by McGregor. and I don't know. I think Dennis Seaver's a fantastic fighter for a good five to ten minutes, but that's a 15-minute fight. He's not beating BJ. Again, maybe I'm just going on nostalgia, but BJ's taking that fight. Uh, Sean Bio has a point that's going to probably – Pearson's talked about this before, but he says, uh, is there a point to rankings or even championships in the UFC? No, there's zero point. No one cares anymore. And, again, I care about fighting, and we all care about good fights now, but now it's just about put, it's putting on good fights, building up fights. You know, McGregor's the champion of all weight divisions now. It doesn't matter. Wherever he wants to fight, whoever he wants to fight, Dana will make it happen. You know, it used not to be if that, he fights McGregor, not if he fights Mayweather, because I say if he goes and he fights Mayweather, we are never going to see Conor McGregor back in the UFC. I doubt it. Hey, 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 hey! Time out, time out, time out! You can't take the things I've told you and then play them off as your own now. I was about to give you credit. Well, you're you're right. This Mayweather fight can't happen because when it happens, <laughs> Conor's gone. But it used to be everybody was Dana's bitch. That's how this works, right? That's how the UFC works. So there's been a a slam, a, a contrast now that. Dana is Connor's bitch right now. And that that's the Connor will tell you that. Mayweather just told Dana that you're my bitch too. I read somewhere that, you know, Mayweather came out and said, Listen, Dana, I run the show. I'll if the fight's gonna happen out, it's because I say it's gonna happen. Yeah, it's not up to Dana, it's up to him. Yeah, and I like this now. There's the changing of the guard. (laughs) I mean, it's it's good. I like how someone else holds the cards right now. They hold the UFC hostage a little bit. Uh Vinny also says this, shouldn't they give Romero someone to fight on the same card as Bisping and Jisping or Bisping and GSP, excuse me? And I say, yeah, that's perfect. Perfect for what? Because when George wins, he's not fighting Romero. Let's just call a spade a spade here. I wouldn't fight Romero. I don't know. They're fucking retarded. But um, not when he's got bigger paydays and easier fights. It's not that, he, again, it's not that he's scared to fight him. I'll fight Romero if you're going to give me a big enough payday. But my point is Romero's not a big payday like McGregor. Do you mean so? Why would if I'm George, I win the 185 pound belt, and let's just pretend that McGregor's still in MMA. Why would I say, yeah, let's fight Bisbing for, or let's fight Romero for a smaller payday just to defend my title when I can drop to potentially, like you said, 155 to win another title with a payday that's three or four times as big, and it's an easier fight. Like I don't. I've said it before. I, I don't. I cannot see George winning that title. Uh, I, first of all, 
if he beats Bisping. So if he defeats Bisping, I don't see him, like you say, fighting Romero. I, I personally don't want to see that fight. And I think he'd be chasing prize fights, money fights. So I agree with with what you're saying right there. Uh, we have someone signed in on Fightful. Pretty much know who it is. It's probably Sean Ross Sapp who asked this question. Is Sean Pearson the second best Sean on Fightful? Rhetorical question. I didn't even know there was another Sean on this webcast. I thought I sort of owned Fightful, but... I don't know. Never met this this other gentleman. Does he even spell his name right? Does he spell it S C A N? He spells no. it S E A N. Yes. Yeah. So you know his relevancy right now is is not here in the MMA forum, but he could have a, a separate podcast with me, and we can we can fight this one out. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to see that actually, because both you guys are extremely opinionated. Uh, the F bombs. It'd be an, just called the F bomb podcast. To be honest with you. Um, Vig says uh, there should be no official rankings. You can figure out who the number one contender is without without it. Uh, only the booker like Joe Silva should have access to rankings. Well, Joe Silva is no longer the, the matchmaker, but uh, I, I see what you're saying. Actually, Pearson had a fantastic point about two or three two three weeks ago when the idea came up that you know rankings the way they are right now are so subjective that perhaps we should consider some sort of point system. Where you know, and, and I elaborated when I when I spoke to Trig, when I spoke to Sean Ross Sapp and uh, Elias Theodoro on the podcast, and I said, "Listen, I, I like this idea, sort of a point system. It would be a challenge. It'd be difficult." Uh, and Sean Ross Sapp did mention, I think Fight Matrix does have the best rankings out there, but sort of a point system where you come into the UFC. Uh, you see how the light shines off my head right now? Angelic. I look angelic right now. Sorry to interrupt, but I just feel like I'm looking at my screen. I look angelic. But keep going, Joe. Keep going. I, I was going to just look for some sort of music with, of angels. Do uh, you have a mirror in front of you? No, I just look at my computer and it's got a picture of me and you and I just make the picture of me larger. <laughs> I can't say I'm looking at the bigger picture of you the whole time, so I just look at the picture of me. I laugh when people post or say things like, oh my God, Sean Pearson and Showdown Joe look similar. I'm like, I'm the better looking one. Why would you even compare Pearson to me? Yeah. Like, come on. Even you don't believe that, son. Come on. I totally believe that. It's factual. Yeah. Okay. It's factual. Um, let's see here. Uh, what else we got here in the chat here? Romero's fighting Bisping six weeks later, supposedly. Well, no, they're not going to fight six weeks later. He'd love it. Um, qu- uh, this is a legit question. Why is everyone bald on Fightful except for Sean Rossap, Elias, and Riddle? Well, I guess everyone's not just bald. It's just me, Pearson, and Trigg. And the call of spade is spade here. Joe's bald, and I shave my head, so there's a difference there, too. I sh- I've got hair, not as much. Yeah. I might be follically challenged, but yes, I do shave my head daily. Correct. No, no, no. You're bald. I shave my head. <laughs> That's the difference there. See the shine that Joe's got? He can't get rid of the shine. Okay, guys. <laughs> my head, if I let grow for a couple days, the shine goes away. Back to Bisping for a moment. Pearson. <laughs> Jerk. Uh, with Romero not having an opponent just yet and no one there for Tyron Woodley, uh, what do you do with both of these guys? Um, to be honest, Chuck and A's got an opponent. I'd love to see that fight with Romero again. It's not going to happen. I, if I'm, if I'm Romero right now, I, I wait in the wind. Like he, he needs a big payday. And I think he's proven that he's the next title contender. Again, unless Connor decides that he wants the 185 pound belt. Um, I think he should wait in the wind a little bit to see what happens here. Um, because if he, if he takes a, a lower level opponent in and doesn't have a good showing, that's the fear that people have here, right? If they don't get, it's not only winning. You need to win, but you need to win in a, a, a great capacity. You can't win or squeak out a three-round de- or a five-round decision or a three-round decision on a, a guy who's ranked seventh. Because then if the guy who's ranked behind you, like Jacques Array, 
comes out and murks his next opponent, he jumps ahead of you in the title shot line. So you either have to wait it out, take your chances, or you know, go out there and make sure you perform. Yeah, Sean Rossap is naming everybody in the site that's bald. Jimmy Van, Alex, and Jeff Hawkins. Uh, and according to Sean Rossap, Jimmy Van and Alex are bald as shit. Uh, oh, and do you classify you if they're bald as shit. Where are you classifying there? Bald as I'm the old. Not quite a swear word, or what is it? <laughs> Listen, I make no bones about it. I don't care that I'm bald. I don't care that I shave my head. It is what it is. Uh, oh, that's right. Vinny, that's right. But Anna has hair, and Sean Rossap says Anna's got a wig on. I doubt that. Uh, the beautiful Anna uh, has beautiful hair. We'll take it from there. Um, she hot? Post a picture. I haven't even seen her. She's, uh, I don't have it here. I can't post right now. Uh, I'm so totally not Sean Rossap. I wish I were. He's great. Okay, whatever, Sean. Now you're being silly. Um, looks like they're booking Alistair Overeem and Fabrizio Verdum, three, uh, for UFC 213 in Las Vegas. Um, unfortunately, as long as this fight's been going on, these two guys have fought so long ago, it's happening again because it's the heavyweight division, Pearson. Like, I mean, there's just the depth just isn't there. Well, the six of them just rotate who's got a title shot, who doesn't have a title shot, who tests positive for what, and they just sort of rotate. You know what I mean? Like, the only guy clean, like, just keep giving Mark on fights. I like that guy. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of, of testing, um, with Bellator NYC, the pay-per-view going down uh, in June, I think it's June 24th, if I'm not mistaken, the question was asked of... Scott Coker, uh, are, you, are you doing any testing, extra testing, anything like that? And he says, well, we're going to follow what the New York State Athletic Commission does, which obviously has us scared because that's, that's in my opinion, an IQ test. I don't know what, what, what the, or the New York well, State Athletic you, Commission. Why would you be scared about that then? Because that might, means the show might actually go off. So you're saying with the two gentlemen in the main event and Chael Sonnen and Vanderlei Silva, who've you know had Mexican supplements in the past, just let them do what they got to do? Well, my point is if you put USADA testing on them, we probably won't get a pay-per-view and Bellator goes out of business and then the UFC once again is a monopoly on everything. And so, you know, again, I'm not saying good or bad, but we all know what's going to happen if you, you know, give it the wild, wild west, especially with the guys they got out there. You know, when you're having 45-year-old people fighting in there, sometimes they need some Mexican supplements. I don't... Uh, Vinny's got a good point here. Uh, he hopes uh, Francis Ngannou keeps winning so it's not the same six guys rotating title shots. Ngannou's going to be up there, man. That dude's a bad, bad man, big time. Has he won two fights now? Oh, yeah, I think he's won like three or four in a row, or oh, I think he's undefeated. He, no, he's top six then. You know, they'll put Frank Mir back up there somehow, but, you know. Oh, Frank Mir's in trouble. Frank Mir. Uh, Frank Mir might actually be on the Fightful MMA podcast soon. Uh, I'm working on that as we speak. So uh, he could be my interesting guy on, uh, on a Monday. Uh, Sean Bayo also says Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis on this show is almost a four-letter word. And I'll say it again. He might be the nicest guy ever. But after what he said and what he did after that Travis Brown fight. and what Joe, he said Joe, about no one Rose- remembers or cares. It's done. That, that was last week's news. It's over. You're it- saying I should get over it? Yeah, you get over it, fans get over it. Listen, at the end of the day, it's – and again, I'm talking about fans in general, but listen, you can be the greatest fighter in the world. You lose a fight, you're done, okay? People forget about everything else. Same thing here. Derek Bruce went out. He was an idiot. He, we're past it now. It is what it is. Uh, when, when he fights Mark Hunt, uh, are you going to be sitting there hoping Mark Hunt does what Mark Hunt does? Of course I am. Do you know what I mean? But 
if he if he knocks Mark Hunt out, I'm gonna be like bad motherfucker. You know what I mean it is what it is. Like again, I want to see him get iced, but if he keeps icing people, just like hey, it's called spade to spade. I like to see John Jones get iced, but I know he's the most dominant fighter in the, in MMA. I mean, but I still like to see him get iced. You know, I think he's an idiot. I think he's a shitty role model. But at the end of the day, he is what he is. You know what I mean? Like he's the man out there. Do you think he's ever going to learn his lessons? No, no. He'll come back and tell us he found Jesus, whoever else anybody prays up to. But, you know, he's too much money, too young, not enough real guidance. And it is what it is. You know what I mean? And I'm, when I say all this, I'm not saying he's a bad person because tons of people go through it. He's just dumb enough to get caught doing it all in the spotlight he's in. So. Jordan Lane, uh, I see you mentioned that the UFC is going to put together Overeem and Ganu. Uh, we mentioned uh, right before you joined us that uh, Overeem and Verdum 3 will likely be taking place uh, in Vegas, uh, UFC 213. So Ngannou will have to be fighting someone else. If I'm not mistaken, Ngannou might have um, an opponent already, uh, already. Excuse me, Vig, you say the light heavyweight division is weaker than heavyweight. Man, you might have a good point. Sean Ross Sapp talks about it all the time, how he cannot stand that light heavyweight division. And Sean, you talk about those guys getting rotating titles or title shots. You can say the same thing at 205, which used to be a murderer's row uh, when Shogun, Machida, John Jones, and all those guys were competing. Light heavyweight isn't as good as it, as it once was. Let's call us middleweight's the same friggin' deal. Welterweight will soon be the same deal because it seems like the top welterweight, not all the top welterweights, but they're going now because we're letting everybody fight at their contracts. UFC's not stepping up to, to win these guys over. Like Larkin was a big loss. That was an up-and-coming welterweight. So, again, they're going to make these other organizations more competitive and just whether or not they're able to build their, their athletes into superstars like the UFC's done. And, again, I talked about it last week where I don't see the UFC right now building up some of the younger talent. Um, so I think a lot of weight classes, because I think middleweight's weak. Other than your top three to four, I think it gets weak pretty quick. Uh, C. Phoenix writes, Rumble would have the best chance of knocking Jones out. Yes, fact. I like that. My only concern is that's a fight that we've all wanted to see for a very long time. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers stay clean technology making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boy's easy opening, smooth pouring container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But Rumble has to get past DC, and I don't know if he's – I mean, it's hard to say. We're going to find out in a couple of weeks in Buffalo. Uh, I'd love to be down there to cover that fight. I still have – I don't think I'm getting credentials. The credentials were handled last week, Pearson, and I didn't get that call. Uh, I didn't get that email, so it looks like I might not be going. Um, but, man, how sweet would it be if Rumble does defeat DC because John Jones comes back and we get Anthony Rumble Johnson, John Jones, a fight we wanted to see a while ago. Well, I think it's a great matchup, and matchups make make fights, but – you know, who's to say that John Jones doesn't dismantle Johnson? I, like, 
again, Johnson's got the best chance of knocking anybody out. Like he's proven that he can knock out anybody out at any given time, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen. I feel like we always build these people up against John Jones and John Jones just does what he does. And he's like, and he makes it look easy. Like he's just met uh, the top opponent so many times. John. Yeah. Gustafson's the only one where I, I actually thought he might've lost that fight. And even when I say he might've lost it, I didn't go back and rewatch it with a fine tooth comb. The reason why I thought he could have lost is because he'd never been that close with anybody. So when someone, you know, when you're so used to watching John Jones dominate people, when fight, when rounds are close, you have a tendency to want to give it the other way because no one else has ever done any of that to John Jones. But I had Gustafson, I think three, three to two in that fight. But again, I watched it live, which is also a little tougher to, to, to gauge. But I had Gustafson take that fight three rounds to two. So that, that's a fight that I've been dying to see. But Gustafson couldn't get back on that winning streak he needed to, to get on to fight Jones again. Yeah, the problem with Gustafson is that he's so great. But the, the top four in this division are so good that they just they, they stay, right? Now, Glover and, and, and Gustafson are fighting in Stockholm, which is going to be a fantastic fight. It's going to say a lot about both their careers because if Glover wins, uh, you know, Gustafson's just gonna, people are going to hate him. Glover's not out. I'm not taking that fight, I don't think. Well, I'm saying if he does. But if Gustafson wins, again, it just keeps him, you know, in the mix. But he's still – he lost to Rumble. He's lost to DC. He's lost to John Jones. He's like a number three or number four gatekeeper. It's just so weird how that division moves around or doesn't move around per se. And the hardest part there is – it's my cat doing that. The hardest part there is the best matchup for me for John Jones is Gustafson because where John Jones has had his difficulties, and I understand it, it's the, the height. Right, it's John Jones's biggest advantage is his reach. So when all of a sudden that you know they're on equal terms with Gustafson, that's not as easy to deal with because he doesn't do that every day. Every day he trains, he's got a reach advantage on every single opponent he has, every single training partner. He's used to that. He's used to guys like Cormier trying to take him down. He's not used to guys that have the same reach advantage he does, and it's a little bit difficult to deal with. Um, uh, do you have the live chat on your screen yet? No, I didn't even bother. You just, <laughs> okay. Um, there's some good conversations going on with some of the boys on there. Uh, uh, I know all the boys, uh, the peeps on there, talking about matching up a variety of heavyweights versus each other and stopping this Verdum versus Overeem sort of stuff. Where heck, it's it is what it is at heavyweight. Pit the number 15 guy versus the number four guy, for example, Cain Velasquez versus Tabura or something of that nature. Guys that we may not know, uh, but are in the top 15 against guys that are in the top five and see who can sink and swim. I, you know what, considering that division, I don't mind it, although it is a bit of a risk because if Cain Velasquez mops up the number 14 or 15 guy, you've destroyed him. I, I don't mind it either because the truth is I don't like watching the division all that much, so it'll, it'll spark things up a little bit. We'll see some knockouts uh, because there will be some mismatches in there. Not all of them, but there will be a couple, and then we'll get a couple surprises as well. There will be a couple lower-ranked guys that come up big, I think, and do some great things. So, you know, I think that's a – it's almost the way this whole sport's going anyways. Like we talked about the ranking system. Who gives a fuck? Just put on some good fights and let's see what happens. You mentioned, you've said it before, you don't like the heavyweight division. You could care less. Meanwhile, most people actually do enjoy it because it's just a train wreck. You just never know what's going to happen. Now, is that because if a fight goes past five minutes, you're like, yeah, yeah it's the first sucks. round. I want to see every heavyweight fight first round. And then after the first round, yeah, I'm not going to say every heavyweight, but after the first round, I'm like, all right, it's done. You know, now it's a slip and slide. You know what I mean? Push, 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 slide behind. Push, 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 slide behind. Maybe a big punch here and there. And again, it's not their fault. I'm not I'm not downplaying heavyweights. The truth of the matter is if you're 260 pounds, 
to go at a high level pace for 25 minutes is much more difficult than it is for a, a 135 or a 125 pounder. You know, it's a larger body to try and oxygenate, but it is what it is. Um, now, you also look at styles of fighters. You look at a Mark Hunt who can go a long time, but that's because he slows the, the pace is very slow. So I don't know. Again, I don't hate all heavyweight fights. It's just not the, I like the mid range fights. And maybe that's also because I'm around that weight class. Like I like 55, 170, 185. Those are my favorite three weight classes. Um, but don't get me wrong. Like right now, Conor McGregor is my favorite fighter or one of them. So, you know, he's a 45 or a 55 or so I, I'm not biased at any one weight class. It's just, that's where I have a tendency to, to want to watch the fights. Um, Fig, I see what you wrote there. I'm trying to just make some sense of it. Um, Are you calling the guy? I don't know if that's he, he says, Vig, they're building Derek Lewis and Ngannou up too slow. They should have fought higher-ranked guys than Travis Brown and Arlovsky in their last fights. And the reason why I want to play devil's advocate with that, and I don't necessarily agree, is because Travis Brown and Arlovsky have names. So you've got to basically you want to build some people up. Sometimes you've got to get them to fight names, and those are good tests. I mean, Derek Lewis taking on Travis Brown was a good test for Derek Lewis. Uh, and Ngannou, maybe not the greatest test in, our, test in Arlovsky because Arlovsky is just – it's, he's in the twilight of his career. Let's just say that. I don't think he should be, he should be competing against anyone in the top 10, let alone the top 15. Uh, but I do get the UFC slowly building, not slowly, but building those guys the way they are. But after what they did to their opponents, now it's time for these guys to fight some bad boys and some big boys that have some serious power. Yeah, because devil's advocate is you build these guys up too quickly and then they fall early in their careers and then they're, they're, they're done. It's not that they're done, but their names aren't going to be as big. If you look at boxing as sort of a blueprint for that, you know, again, I don't want to ever see an MMA fighter go 34 and 0 before he has a real test, but boxers, they do that, right? They build up, build up where guys have these extraordinary records, you know, 34 wins and 32 KOs, um, all to get their first real test and then get busted open in a championship fight. But it's a huge buildup for one fight. Um, if you, if you end that, you know, if you send, uh, like I actually thought Alvarez, if we talk boxing a little bit, Alvarez, shouldn't have fought Mayweather this early in his career because I, I don't think he should have had that loss yet. He should have had more experience. You took a little bit of his persona away, right? Because he was coming up as this young stud, heavy hitter, killing people. I like the fact that people were talking about him and Mayweather, but you shouldn't have had that matchup. It wasn't right for him in his career yet, uh, other than maybe a big payday. Same thing with MMA fighters. Although they might be ready, very few guys have stood that test. John Jones is one of the few guys I can think of that took the test early in his career and passed with flying colors. Yeah. Vic, I get what you're saying. It wouldn't hurt Tabura or Volkov to lose to Kane Velasquez. They have nothing to lose. I concur. Uh, I agree. But we, we, Everybody we, has something to lose. When you lose as an MMA fighter, you lose half your paycheck, and your next paycheck's not as big. And that's standard. So to me, saying you've got nothing to lose, I agree with it in principle because as a, as a competitor, there's nothing wrong with losing early in your career. There's nothing wrong with, wrong with losing if you bounce back right. But remember that this is, you know, what's what I'm looking for here. This is this is a job. So when I lose half my paycheck because I lost a fight, a high risk fight, and then on top of that, my next paycheck is smaller now because you know as they build up fighters, a win gets you more for your next fight. So he's actually taking a double on a loss. He's losing twice for for his paycheck. Uh, I want to finish my point there because Vig, if you're not careful. And I say this in jest. Uh, we all know Sean Rossap is on the Fightful. Uh, he's tweet. He's live chatting with Fightful. We have to be careful. Careful when we use the name Kane Velasquez because 
SRS goes nuts whenever you mention Cain Velasquez because Cain Velasquez just simply doesn't fight. He's fought like once in the past 86 years, uh, maybe twice in the past 200 years. He's always injured. Uh, so we got to figure someone else uh, in that breath there as to who these younger heavyweights or heavyweights would know with lower uh, stock values need to compete against. It sucks. Cain Velasquez, listen, I love Cain Velasquez. Um, love to see him compete, but the guy just, his body can't do it no more, man. And there it is. It didn't take long, but Fightful uh, or Sean Ross Sapp uh, said, because Kane never expletive fights. It sucks, Sean Pearson. I mean, I love Kane Velasquez, always have, but the dude's body can't handle it, man. No, it's, it is what it is. You know, it's it's at a point, and then, you know, I don't know how much of a focus he has on fighting right now. Like, maybe it's with the injuries, but family and things like that. Always seemed to be a great guy when I've met him, but, you know, it is what it is. Like, maybe they need to bring... Uh, you know, Kimbo or Data back and, you know, get them in the octagon so, you know, so our guys can beat up some big name cans. Yeah, listen, Vinny, Fernando, fist pump if you see the screen. I completely agree because I had this conversation with almost everybody about a week and a half ago. I do, he, he, Vinny says, quote, I get sad when I think of Kane because he could have been one of the best heavyweights ever, but his body fell apart, end quote. And I agree. I totally, totally agree that Kane could have been one of the greatest of all time. I could have been one of the greatest of all time too if I had it trained harder and had a little bit more skill and I was younger. It's you know, it is what it is. Listen, I'm not gonna BS you people that are tuning in right now, okay? If Sean Pearson was able to get into the UFC at a younger age or grew up in a different time, there is no doubt in my mind Pearson would have been one of the greatest ever. Uh it just so happens that guys like Pearson, guys like Antonio Carvalho, a lot of people from our area got started late in the UFC because we just couldn't build or the guys couldn't be built here. Uh, and then, I mean, if anyone has a chance, go find Pearson's fight versus, uh, was it Chad Saunders? If you can find it online, I think Sanders puts you in an arm bar and you're like, that's not happening. And he basically runs around the cage to get out of the arm bar. I mean, some of the stuff Pearson used to do and some of the stuff that he, that I've seen him do in training, uh, I mean, man, a, a, a 25-year-old Pearson in the UFC right now would have been absolutely fantastic. Is that one of the things you think about, Sean, every so often, how the regrets are like, dude, it is what it is? It is what it is. I don't give a fuck. Like, to me, at the end of the day, I my dream was to make it. I made it. But, you know, I think at 25, the only real, like, the big differences were, like, if I, could, if I knew how to train. Because when I was fighting early in my career, I didn't train. I just, just to me, a, a fight was a barroom fight. I didn't care. I mean, like, you called me, hey, Sean, you want to fight next weekend? I'm like, Sure, you know, it's a trip to Montreal. Girls are going to love it. My boys are all coming down to party. That's all I cared about. So, again, my at that time, that point in my, I wouldn't call it a career, but I wasn't focused on fighting. I just fought because I liked it. It was men's league hockey to me. It, it was great, good times. But the only thing I wish I had been in the UFC younger for is because my personality in the UFC would have been a lot different. You know, I came in at a time when I had just lost a job due to my old image of being the pimp. Um, so I was very careful with the way I spoke. I was very tow the company line 34 like so again I, I would change that stuff but you know everything else everything happens for a reason i'm happy you know i'm good still ruggedly handsome uh, good looking and charismatic i respectfully disagree modest, modest as well <laughs> uh sean bio that's a sean's today uh sean bio quote if cody beats tj he wants to drop down to flyweight and make dj earn the title defense record as much as i like this it's time to stop the super fights end quote all right hold on uh sean bio 
I like these super fights. I like these these mega fights, these prize fight, these prize fights because it's what we all want to see. Now, do I think Cody wants to drop down to 125? I don't know because we've talked about it on the show here that we want to see Demetrius move up. I'd rather see DJ move up and fight a guy like Cody or fight a guy like T or Dillashaw or have a rematch with Dominic Cruz because DJ is so dominant in that division that there's really nobody there that's going to give him any competition just yet. Uh, I know people could say that if, if um, Sergio Pettis defeats Henry Cejudo, there's a good challenge there. I respectfully disagree, not just, just because DJ is DJ. The person that's going to beat Demetrius Johnson, Pearson, is Father Time because the guy's a perfect mixed martial artist, in my opinion. And until that happens, you need someone that's in their early 20s right now to come up and be in their prime at 25, 26, someone like potentially uh, Jose Shorty Torres. There's a guy right there. When he gets into his prime, DJ's going to be older. But right now, I can't see DJ being defeated by anyone in the world at 125 pounds. I don't know. I, I said the same thing until Kobe came out and destroyed friggin' Dominic Cruz, so... You know, you never know what's going to happen in this sport. Um, you know, I I agree, and, I, and I'm going to say I, I like uh, I like was it Sean Bio? I like his point on the super fights because part of me says where it's a slippery slope right now. Um, if you keep having these guys dictate what's happening with super fights, um, what happens? You know, you're, you're going to keep the same athletes in the limelight, and it gets very hard to build up these other athletes to to get to the spots that they are. Do you mean if you keep having super fights, what are these other athletes fighting for? You know, what's their goal in mind, and what are you doing with them? You can do it, though. I, I'll tell you why you can do it, because if, if these guys are having super fights, champions and champions, blah, 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 it does give the opportunity for the other guys to sort of weed themselves out as to who the true number one contender or number two guy is in each division if it needs to be done. But your, your key word there, if it needs to be done. Like right now, for instance, you've got number two contenders like Romero saying, well, I'm here. I've proved myself. I'm here. Yes, but that I agree with 100%. Not, right. So that's what my point is. So what's going to happen now? So let's say Romero could be a potential superstar. Let's say he's potentially a huge superstar. We just haven't got there yet. He needs that title to, to do it. We might never see it, you know, because George wins the title. George says, fuck that guy. He's a beast. I'm going to fight Connor. You know, in Romero, I think, he, again, great shape, great phenom. He's 41 or 42, I think, though. You know, I know he can probably fight until he's 50. But my point is, you know, some guys are going to get missed here, right? So the, to me, these super fights, you know, I think, I don't know, let's just have another thousand interim titles. I don't know, fuck. <laughs> That's what I can't put before. These belts sometimes actually mean anything. Well, the belts don't mean anything now. The belt used to mean you got the biggest payday. It doesn't mean that anymore. Connor's belt means you got the biggest payday. And then look at like Nate Diaz beat Connor. And even in the second fight, that wasn't a Connor didn't kill Nate in the second fight. But perception is everything. Like perception is that Connor beat the welterweight world champion in Nate, you know what I mean? Which obviously wasn't even close to being true. Um, it's how you build it. Like, what did Nate get other than a big paycheck and a shut the fuck up and sit down until we call you again? After he had these fights, you know what I mean. Like he's he he moves the needle. He just doesn't move the needle like Connor. Uh, a couple of you guys are saying it's unfortunate. Sean Bio says it's unfortunate. Scoggins and Lineker can't make flyweight. Uh, and Vig replied, Lineker can definitely make 125. Scoggins is bigger. Uh, Lineker has proven time and time again that this guy cannot make, will not 
doesn't do it properly at 125 pounds. I mean, he's done it so many, he's failed so many times. Um, it's unfortunate because he'd be he'd have been a fantastic challenge to Demetrius Johnson. Although I think Demetrius would have won that fight no matter what. Scott is even a close fight. It's we're basing this off of him being a heavy, heavy hitter, which he's proven he is. But who's proven to us that they can hit Dimitri? So that's not a close fight. I think that's a cake. I, nothing's a cakewalk, but Dimitri will make it look like a cakewalk. Vinny Fernando says, just like when Amanda Nunes made a few hundred K and Ronda got three million. Hang on. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, I, you heard Conor McGregor actually tell Eddie Alvarez, he laughed at him at the press conference, saying, you didn't even renegotiate your contract for pay-per-view points. You're keeping what you signed. Um, I don't necessarily blame the UFC for not paying Amanda Nunes more than a few hundred K when her management potentially should have went in there and said, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. We want some points in this pay-per-view. Uh, we also don't know if that actually happened, but based on the record, the public record, she only made a few hundred K while Ronda got a reported or basically got her three million. Um, I don't know about you, Sean Pearson, but if I was fighting somebody, you were fighting somebody at that big of a draw, you damn right are renegotiating my contract and getting pay-per-view points because this is a life changer for me. I agree hundred percent, but at that point now you got to fire fire your manager because to get a real manager that knows what he's doing probably isn't the manager you have at that point. Um, because most guys' managers at the low level are buddies or hacks or whoever else. Like that, that's the one. Again, it might have gotten better in the last four years that I've been under the game, but you know, I mean, I remember. And again, I'm not going to call people out as managers, but I remember. You know, no one's talking to me. No one's talking to me. I signed with the UFC. Actually, I'll go even further back. No one's talking to me. No one's talking to me. I signed with Bellator. I'm getting phone calls. My deal drops out with Bellator because I got injured. I'm not getting phone calls returned. I signed with the UFC. That same manager's calling me back. And I'm like, well, what the fuck am I going to pay you for? Like, what's the logic here? I had to get my own contract, which is already negotiated, unfortunately. I did it myself. So what value do you bring to me? You mean you're just going to – you just want 20% of the, the cut that I already – did here and there was no guaranteed sponsorship coming in and again i'm not saying there's good managers out there but i mean how do you as a fighter it's there's no set rule on how we get these we're we're not mature enough as a sport to understand like again numerous occasions i think george has had some problems with run-ins with managers in the past it's a shady business and for most fighters and most people it's it's a hard business to sort of your business is fighting and competing it's a whole different business about negotiating your own contract with your manager and finding a good manager. That's a tough job. I mean, again, I'm sure it's getting better and it will get better as money gets bigger, but it's not an easy, you know, it's not as easy as just saying, I'm going to go in there and ask for more money. That's, that's my point here. Yeah. Ninja pirate. I see what you're saying. We live in a time where Elias was calling out Dan Kelly. He actually called out um, uh, Rashad Evans. Didn't get Rashad Evans. Uh, apparently he's getting Brad Tavares. Uh, in Vegas. Uh, so don't be surprised uh, as Elias, uh, another one of our fightful uh, MMA co-hosts, guests here, uh, is now fighting a, a big fight there. Uh, by the way, uh, Pierce, Sorry, Sean, who did Elias get? Brad Tavares. Okay, that's a good fight. That's a really good fight. Uh, that's likely happening uh, in Vegas, to my understanding. Uh, Vig, how dare you? Dan Kelly would beat Elias Theodoro. Never. Don't say that here. I don't. I don't, I don't see that either. I don't. Were they on the same show together? Like, were they both on the Ultimate Fighter? 
Yes, and that's why Elias said he, he, he'd be more than happy to fight Dan Kelly if Dan Kelly beats Rashad Evans because Rashad Evans is now someone that is on Dan Kelly's resume uh, as a winner. Uh, so why not? They were on the show together. They never got to compete. Uh, but I, I, I personally, that matchup, I see Elias winning. Uh, I see him too. I don't, again, Dan Kelly is just a guy who's going to give people problems. I, I still don't understand how he beat Rashad Evans, so I, I don't know. That guy, he, he's a grinder. Again, Dan Kelly, he's a good grinder too, but I think Elias outgrinds him. <laughs> Two, yes. I don't know. Elias wins that on cardio. Vig, how dare you, four-letter word. Kidding. Uh, guys, thank you to everyone who came on the live chat. Thank you to everyone who tuned in live. We're going to wrap this up right now. Uh, to those who tuned in on iTunes uh, or on Stitcher later on, thank you very much for also tuning in. Uh, try and get on live now. We're moving forward now with this live chat. Uh, Sean Rossap uh, one day told me about it. I didn't know how to do it. I figured it out this week when I went solo on Monday. I absolutely love the live chat portion uh, of these podcasts. Uh, we, Sean and I have fun. Trig and I have fun. But uh, speaking of Trig, tomorrow, Frank Trigg will join me likely 1230 Eastern or 1 Eastern. Depends on what time that poor guy wakes up in Hawaii. I know I said poor guy in Hawaii in the same sentence, but uh, it is very early for him, 6 a.m. or 6.30 a.m. Pearson, before we let you go, what's going on with you uh, over the next week? You did mention uh, last week that you're trying to be a professional athlete again. Yeah, that failed. So now I'm I'm back to just trying to be super dead. I don't know. my, My boy's hockey ended up, so it's lacrosse season starting up. Um, yeah, I'll go out there and as long as the moms still think I'm hot, I, I think I'm okay. But again, I keep telling myself that they're looking at me, but they might not be, but they're not looking at you. So, you know. well, they're not looking at me cause I don't come to your son's games and now I'm going to come to your son's games and we'll see who they look at me or you. Joe, why do you put yourself in these poor situations? Like, again, our, our, it's all men that are listening and watching to us right here, but common sense shows that you're just an older watered down, not athletic version of me. I've never liked you. <laughs> I've never liked you since we met 20 years ago. I don't, I don't like you. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you do follow him online at Sean Pearson. Who's that? It's my cat. Say hi. What's the, cat, what's the kitty's name? Creamy. For creamsicles, my favorite popsicle as a kid. Creamsicle. Creamsicles. So we named him Cream Skull, and we've called him Creamy ever since. You're cute, Pearson. I know. I'd hug you. Yeah, ruggedly handsome, cute. <laughs> follow him online, ladies and gentlemen, at Sean Pearson on social media. Follow yours truly at Showdown Joe, of course, at Fightful MMA and FightfulMMA.com for all your mixed martial arts. We thank every mixed martial arts news. We thank everybody once again in the live chat. You guys are absolutely fantastic. Thank you for coming on there tomorrow. 12.30 Eastern and or 1 p.m. Eastern, depending on what time Trig wakes up. I'll be ready at 12.30, uh, but I will wait and I will tweet out the link. Uh, come join us again. Uh, and get on Trig's nerves. He's easily irritated. He tries to be all professional now, but he's all irritated. Is that a Roddy Piper doll, Pearson? Oh, Roddy, Roddy Piper! One of the greatest talkers of all time. Look at this man. The Hot Rod was a legend. The legend. By the way, Sean Ross Sapp said you are the uh, pound for pound, the best. Uh, you're number well, one on Fightful. Show. I agree. You're number, what's that? Number one best looking guy on the show. I agree. <laughs> number one at Fightful uh, because you defeated uh, Matt Riddle. So when it comes to fighting, you're pound for pound number one, although you never fought Elias, and Elias never fought Riddle. So Elias, we train together. He knows. 
<laughs> that's amazing all right ladies and gentlemen listen we thank you all for tuning in uh we sincerely appreciate it but don't forget tomorrow 12 30 and or 1 p.m eastern yours truly joe ferraro and frank trig give frank a follow at frank trig but make sure you join us i will tweet the exact time once we go live for now we say goodbye later When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.